The GovTech Podcast, highlighting some of the best and brightest startups in local government technology. And now, here are your hosts, AJ Thompson and Michelle Alimorati. And welcome to the first ever episode of the GovTech Podcast. My name is AJ Thompson. I'm the founder of Cloud Driven Solutions. And with me is my co-host, Michelle Alimorati. Michelle, welcome. Hi, AJ. Thanks for having me. I'm the uh, marketing director for Cablecast Community Media, which is the broadcast division of Tightrope Media Systems. And I'm excited that we're starting this. The big thing for me with this podcast is giving companies and people a place to tell their story, right? You get more of that human connection. It's like listening in on people's conversations. I would just say we're not going to take ourselves too seriously, right? We're on here to learn and we're on here to provide a platform for people that want to solve problems, particularly for civic engagement and intersecting with technology. We're all trying to navigate this brand new frontier of what does it mean to provide digital civic engagement um, to provide accessible <laughs> tools, you know. And the, the beneficiary of what companies and what startups are doing in the GovTech space is the citizens, right? They're the ultimate beneficiaries in a lot of these things. It's enhancing their experience with what they're using and the services that cities provide them. Like, how do you pay for parking? How do you pay for your water bill and your sewer bill? How do you fill out permits? And how do you do all these things, right? It's companies that are in the startup space that are really redefining and modernizing those experiences for citizens. The old days of on-premise aging architecture technologies, those days are numbered. And there's companies coming up left and right that are not only enhancing those capabilities, but they're innovating at the same time. We have some companies lined up over the next couple of months that are doing some things that I looked at and went, well, I'd have never thought of that, but that's genius. I'd like to get into the media side of things. That's your bread and butter. That's what, you know, uh, tightrope media, that's their bread and butter. And I feel like one, a lot of cities don't really understand kind of what that means from the media standpoint, right? They're just listening to what the big few couple companies tell them they have to do and, and how to do it. And yes. also, you know, for any citizens that are listening, right, kind of explain to them what it is that, that, that Tightrope does and what it means to be, you know, a media provider for, for local government. Right. So as I mentioned before, um, I'm the marketing director for Cablecast Community Media, which is a product line um, for the broadcast division of a company called Tightrope Media Systems. We're actually celebrating our 25th anniversary as a company this year, um, this month, actually. Hey, 25 um, years. Hot off the presses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a pretty big deal. So we started with web-based solutions for video delivery before anybody was really doing that. And particularly in the nonprofit space. So it wasn't just government, but it, it was uh, these non-commercial cable channels, uh, what we know in our niche as PEG or public access or public mm. education and government um, cable <laughs> access stations, if you want to go um, really formal with it. And, 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 and for those cities that may not be aware, 
right? When you have a peg channel, you get peg funds. And mm -hmm. I'm still amazed on how many cities don't understand that they have a fund where, where money is coming in from, from those cable providers. Yeah. And a lot of times they don't know that they have access to these TV studios that mm. already exist and can be a whole media department for them. So if you don't have the bandwidth, <laughs> um, you likely have an existing facility and staff to do that work for you. And so a lot of what we do is we make tools. Originally, they were video servers for delivery of content on a cable channel, right? So a playout mm -hmm. server. Um, we're in this interesting, like, crossover space between people who know all the broadcast uh, vernacular, all the all the mm -hmm. jargon, um, and people who don't, right? Like, they're working for the city for the, they're the you know, communication officer mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, they don't know that much about video. They don't have a video background. So right. they don't even know what to Google, right? And all they, all like... they know is, is we want to be on YouTube and Facebook and on our website, on our city website, right? That's that's but the gist of what they, they know. But do they want to be on YouTube? See, that's the thing. It's like, I think they want the benefits of YouTube well, without all the annoying parts of YouTube. And that's what we yeah, help people and, and, do. And that's, and, but that's what I'm saying, like, right, that's how it ties to you, because, you know, mm -hmm. they don't know that companies like you all exist, right? So they're just told by people, well, you got to be on YouTube. And, mm -hmm. you know, I tell cities all the time, right, YouTube's fine, if you're just getting your foot out the door, right, you just want to dip your toe in the water, YouTube's fine. But when you want to start having that better experience provided to your citizens, then you want to go with something like Cablecast so that you gain full control over what you're delivering and where you're delivering it. Right, exactly. The control part. And that's actually twofold. So control over branding is a big thing for people, right? They don't want that yo that YouTube logo. They don't want those ads that they don't have control over. Um, that's a big part of it. They don't want to get shut off for hearing a song that gets that's, blacklisted. <laughs> that's the other part. Um, not necessarily songs, but just not owning the server that's hosting your content, right? Mm -hmm. That is a big deal for cities because you have a lot of legal obligations in terms of archiving that content and making it accessible. And if you don't have full control over that archive, that can be a big problem. So we have plenty of customers that use our solution and also distribute on YouTube. Um, why not? You know, um, and we actually have the ability to simulcast to YouTube. So you start on your own server, you're capturing everything on your own server, but then you're also simulcasting to YouTube. You can simulcast to Facebook. And that way, everything lives in an environment that you have total control over. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really important for cities is that they have something that they have full control over, they control their own archives, their own backups. Um, and then in addition to that, we do offer these video portals that look a lot like what people would expect from these other free media giants who shall remain <laughs> nameless. Um, and you should do air quotes when you say free because... <laughs> yeah, we're doing video for this, right? So I can do air quotes. It's, it's, um, it's sort of free. Yeah, it's you're yeah, you're you're giving up ownership in yeah. exchange for yeah. the hosting. 
and so that they so, can embed ads in your videos and make money off of it right and you know make their data collection bots more intelligent um <laughs> So not to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, I think cities need to start thinking about this because in the past, there weren't necessarily options that were affordable for a municipal media budget, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now there are. There's a lot of really affordable options. And we're not even the only ones. Like, I'll be honest. We have a lot of people that really like us, even though they're aware of our competitors. So I don't think I need to, like, deny that there's other people doing what we do in our space right um but we make it really easy for you to get like a streaming app onto someone's roku or apple tv or onto their phone um we make it really easy to have like an individual channel like imagine that you are an organization that manages video for five different cities, five different municipalities. He will give you one consolidated solution that lets you have individual branding for all those individual cities. And we make it really easy and everything's streamlined to the point that like as you're just scheduling things for live play out, like for your live stream, everything gets captured to be played later on. We can send it to a site where it can be viewed you know, in tandem with, let's say, an interactive agenda from Cloud Driven Solutions platform. Shameless like, plug alert. Shameless, shameless plug, plug. alert. Um, <laughs> and, th and that's where we get back into civic engagement, right? Like we're solving um, these very specific problems that a lot of cities don't know how to solve without having a huge budget. They want to be accessible. They want to have the convenience and the feel of like what a YouTube channel can provide but they don't feel like they can afford that well and, and, um, and i want to touch on something that you that you talked about right because it's it's a shift that's happening in the general population right the days of paying for cable tv are slowly going away right everyone's got netflix or you know hulu or whatever right or like myself i use youtube tv i don't even pay for cable tv right so the days of cities being able to put that content onto a public access channel, most people don't even like realize they have that, right? They're just like, mm -hmm. well, I have my Netflix, I have my Hulu or whatever. So to me, I think that cities learning and understanding that there are solutions out there to give you your own Roku app or to give you your own Apple TV app so that your citizens can go onto their streaming device open up the app and basically it's like their own city cable channel, right? Like they have access to all the stuff that they've been recording. Um, and, and you know, that can include more things, right? It doesn't have to just be your city council meetings or all your city meetings. There's a lot of cities out there that are doing like public information stuff. And like these, uh, there's a city here in Texas every Christmas, they do like this Grinch series where, one of their staff members dresses up like the Grinch and they go out and make these little Grinch movies. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important for cities to understand, right? That, that you, you can have the ability to get your city's video content and your information out through these streaming devices. Right, exactly. And I think we're just at a really great 
point right now of accessibility to cities for those types of solutions. So taking off like my own sales and marketing hat for my product, I existed in the community media space for a long time. I was a, a TV and radio producer, um, production educator. Um, I existed in this space with these cool channels that were doing amazing stuff in a community. Like I was working on a show that was the only provider of a local city council candidate debate. You know, the only place you could find that type of content. Mm -hmm. And often we were the springboard, like these, these channels were covering this content. And only after that would you see, this was in Minnesota. So not to hate on public radio, Minnes but Minnesota. They, have a, they have a pretty, you know, famous public radio station there. And it was funny that every time we would do something like hold the city council debate, then they would do it. You know, so it was never the other way around. And then you would have a conversation with these people and they didn't even know who we were, or at least they were acting like they didn't. So these were really important resources that were going totally unnoticed um, by a lot of the population. And a I think, frankly, by a lot of the city officials, they didn't necessarily know it was there unless you had people in those organizations that were being really intentional about going out and forming those relationships and saying, like, look, we have all this pr production technology here for you. Like, let's mm -hmm. work together. Let's inform people. Let's make sure everybody knows where they can find this local information because it's so unwieldy to just Google things, right? And try to find something that's really local to you. Um, and because of that, I think so many people move toward like chasing the algorithm and having much more broad hashtags, like content creators aren't wanting to create stuff that's hyper-local because it's doesn't really suit this like money-making model. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, your, your Facebooks, your Twitters, your Instagrams, if you try and come up with anything like a local hashtag, the algorithms are never going to pick it up and right. people are never going to see it. You got to be as broad as possible. And so I think we're at a point now where people, you're seeing these local newspapers dying, you're seeing local news, like these local news affiliates that aren't really covering a lot of news, especially not like election coverage or anything like that. And you've got these stations that already exist that are covering like your regular school board meetings, mm -hmm. city council meetings, things like that. It just makes sense to amp those up, right? It mm -hmm. just makes sense to like get the most out of those that we can for civic content, for culture, local cultural content. Mm -hmm. um, they do it all. And I think there was this black hole for a while where the ability to get like a streaming app was just not in the budget. You know, it wasn't that easy either. <laughs> the days of it know... costing $20,000 are gone. <laughs> and having to have a conversation with the developer when you don't know anything about how to scope like an app development hey, project. As a developer, um, we tend to speak in ways that make most people go, what? <laughs> well, no, but you were very approachable, but you know that you know the type, right? You know what Yes, I, mean. I do. Um, well aware. <laughs> and so these things were just and people didn't even they didn't even know where to start, you know? So mm -hmm. um I think we're at this great moment now where we can empower 
these media organizations that already exist and just give civic engagement and local content a huge boost, really bring it into the modern technological age and give people what they, the experience that they expect mm-hmm. um, that they get from these larger platforms, right? It, we well, were, we're at the point of feature parity with some of these larger platforms and uh, and people need to know about it. Yeah, and, and and also the the technology, right? The physical hardware technology has also advanced to the point where you can, you know, the 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 cost has not only come down to get streaming capabilities and video on demand capabilities, the cost has come down on the equipment to do that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it used to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to do stuff like this, where you know, my company personally, right, we offer automated live meeting production capabilities through our software. But like you said, you got to take that first step. You got to, and sometimes that first step is the hardest because you'll just rack your brain over and over and over again, but you never even take the first step where, you know, what, like what we do, we go in and we help them take that first step, right? We're like the football player trying to limp off the field. I come in here, put your hand on my shoulder uh, and we'll, we'll get you off that field here. We'll, we'll get you going. We'll get you healed up and we'll get you back out on that field. You know, so we can go into a city that's like, listen, they, they keep asking, they want it. And we have the ability to say, listen, we're going to be able to give you something that is fractions compared to what it has been and, and what it has cost in the past because of all the modernization of all these capabilities and you'll be up and running. It doesn't take someone with a broadcast background to be able to run it, right? The things have gotten so easy, right? Everything needs to work like an app. It needs to be as easy as someone at home picking up their phone and just doing something on their phone. It needs to be that easy. And, and it, in modern and it times, is. it is. It is, yeah. Like our solutions, I like to say our solution starts and ends on your phone, right? You can manage all of the content going out on your channel on your phone. You can mm-hmm. turn it on and off. You can switch all the all your sources. And you can also watch the end result on your phone. So <laughs> literally the whole process after you get it set up is right. end to end on your phone. And, um, if and that's city- what it has to be. Right. Because if you're a city that, you know, a lot of times in these small cities, they just task it to the IT department. Hey, you mm-hmm. guys handle this. Well, IT department's got their hands full dealing with IT. They don't want to deal with the meeting production. And, you know, what I've seen some cities start to do is they'll actually do an internship with the local high schools and they'll have mm-hmm. high school students come in and run their meetings for them. Right. They'll come in and they'll hit buttons because it's learning for them whatever. And because of this modernization, it's easy for a high school student with no major background to come in and do it. Or like with our stuff, you don't even have to touch it. It just runs itself because of the the wonderful world of, you know, computers and software and automation. You know, you, you have our solution that handles it. It handles the production while you're running your meeting in our software and recording your minutes. There's companies out there that have put AI in cameras. So the cameras just know what to do based on listening mm-hmm. to your voices or, or watching you move around. Um, you know, so now cities have all these different ways that they can really easily get that information out to citizens. And it looks good. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a security camera. Right, you know, right. And that's <laughs> the, the theme. Wall. 
in the that's back of the room. theme right <laughs> like i mean we're focusing a lot on media i think for my sake at this episode but like um <laughs> but as we move on you know we talk about all these other uh government technology solutions that's really what it's about right like we want mm-hmm. to make the city look good um we don't yeah. want people to be like grumbling all oh, this government thing this the site broke it doesn't work you know <laughs> funky um we all know like we've all had that right like I remember 10 years ago trying to pay for my like pay the parking meter, you know, Mm -hmm. with like the generation, the first generation of those online apps or whatever. (laughs) Like it was before the app store was invented. It was some it was not good. It was not good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, and then when I go home, I'll pay the parking ticket because I couldn't figure out this to work. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all citizens. We Mm -hmm. all live in a city or a town or whatever. We all deal with these things on a daily basis. And, you know, the the key thing for me with this podcast is just growing awareness on, you know, the up and comers, right? The companies that are really working hard and really doing great things to make that experience better. And I mean, for me personally, right, I was in the, the audio video industry for 20 plus years. And I was putting in all these systems. And once I decided to start my company and make our meeting and agenda management solution, it was an eye-opener for me because I had to really get an understanding for how cities work on a daily basis. And then I thought, okay, well, I figured that out. So cool. And then I started you know, getting introduced to all these other companies. And you really, I mean, the world of GovTech is massive mm-hmm. because- Everything a city does touches technology. Everything. I was at an event uh, a couple weeks ago with a guy who makes electronic charging units for vehicles. He's now starting to sell the cities because the cities are moving to electric fleet vehicles for their public works department. And so now he's putting in charging stations at these cities because they're getting rid of the old you know, gas powered, diesel powered vehicles, and they're putting in electric ones. I mean, it was one of those things where I was like, I never thought of that. Cities yeah. using electric vehicles. Hmm. There's there's literally a a place for every type of product for a city, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I hope that city managers and other folks who are looking to streamline solutions for residents in their cities are tuning into this podcast we hope that folks will like we said learn with us as Mm -hmm. we explore what is possible as we look at how we can make your not user experience your citizen experience as streamlined and helpful as possible and you know, ways to make information accessible and interactive. Yeah. And and that goes not only for citizens, but city staff as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like one of the major struggles that local government faces today is siloed data, right? You have five or six different software applications, but the data just stays stuck in them forever. And they don't, these companies don't make it. So you can like have the data just flow automatically where you need it for me and and probably for you, right? We're used to these modern web-based software solutions where you're like, yeah, I want that in there, right? I want my, I want my HubSpot CRM to link the information in my email and I want it to do it automatically, right? We don't have to think about it. It just does it. And that is really what needs to happen for cities, right? This information 
needs to be flowing all over the place, right? So that it's at the person's hands who needs it at the time they need it. Not, hey, can you take a screenshot or print this out and save it as a PDF and email it to me and, you know, do all these cumbersome things that, I mean, honestly, if I had to do stuff like that, I'd lose my mind, right? If, if PDFs, you know, drive me crazy. Give me, give it to me in digital form. Fax machines. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to cut any more trees down. I don't want more paper that I have laying around that I have to figure out what to do with. You know, I have a nice organization system on my computer. I'll take care of it there. Um, you know, and we're going to hear a lot from companies that are making big, big strides in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on, you know, connect, you know, making sure that their, their software, their technology connects with other aspects of a city, because it's extremely important in modern times to have that capability. Right. Because we're intersecting with how to make cities more sustainable, you know, um, how to make cities more efficient mm-hmm. <laughs> with their resources, how to, how to speed up processes that take forever, <laughs> Um, you know, at the end of the day, we hope that's the result for citizens and like you said, city employees Mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I just think that it's great that there's so many people out there that are trying to make these solutions that also meet all the other requirements that cities in particular, just governments have, um, because there's a lot of restrictions. There's a lot of concerns about security um oh, and oh, that's a hot button item and, there <laughs> yeah and reporting you know there's just so many other things you have to think about so i'm just really happy that there's so many people coming up in this space that are making solutions specifically designed for cities um because we're all going to benefit from it in the end that's right, right. As, <laughs> as residents of a city somewhere or town yeah. or municipality I, I, I tell my customers all the time i say listen i don't build this software for me I build the software for you. Tell me what you want. Tell me what's going to make your day better. And I'll, and I'll do that for you. When in reality, I am also building it for me because I'd like to be able to access my city's meeting information through, through my stuff. You know what I mean? Like it does benefit me, but mm-hmm. you know, at, at the end of the day for my stuff, it's all about making it easier on them, right? Understanding their psyche and their workflows and all that stuff. And you know, the, the one thing that, that, I think we'll find is a common theme with these companies that are going to be coming on episodes is the level of, a, of attention and care and detail they give to cities, right? It's, you're not going to get that from the big companies. You know, the big companies just don't have the capability to do that. Someone once told me they had this great analogy. Uh, so the big companies, right? There's, I'm not going to name names, but you know, those who work mm-hmm. in cities know who the big companies <laughs> are. They're like the cafeteria. Right. You go in the cafeteria, uh, give me one of these, one of that, and you pay it and you go. But you, it's it's all diluted. It's not the best of everything. Yep. Right. You got some old stale mac and cheese and some spaghetti with no flavor. It tastes like it's ketchup. You know what I mean? Where companies like mine and other startups in the GovTech space, we're like the food trucks. You know, food trucks. Exactly. They, yeah. they have their one thing and they're really good at it and they deliver. No, that's exactly what Tightrope and Cablecast were founded on. We have conversations with our customers about what their use cases are so that we can continue to make a product that serves them the best. And that same thing goes for when we look for people to integrate with, people to partner with, um, is we want to hear that 
folks are being listened to, you know, and that we're not making mm-hmm. this one size fits all um, marinara ketchup. <laughs> marinara ketchup and um, you know and, and that's really right so my story was i did 20 plus years in the aab industry and i would deploy these systems in city council chambers and meeting rooms all over the place and as i watched i'm like there's still a lot of cities doing this right i'm gonna vote with my hand uh, yay nay or i say this or i say that and you know there's no There's no information going to the citizens on the screen. There's no information going out to the broadcast. It's just a camera shot. Uh, And then you'd have those cities that had the 1975 light up pegboard, Um, you know, because back in the day, that was, I mean, that was the latest and greatest, right? Look, we have little light up lights and we can hit this button and it lights up. Uh, Totally. You know, and so as I started talking with cities, I'm like, well, why don't you have this? Or, or and why why can't you do this? And the and the answer was simple. What was on the market from the AV side of things just didn't have what they needed because they were designing it like a cookie cutter, one size fits all, you know, voting system, right? I had in my head this vision of what I thought cities needed. Some of that came from what I knew existed on the market, and some of it came from just me watching. Very quickly into that process, I realized. Yeah, I just need to sit with these cities and understand what it is they're doing because clearly I don't have a clue. Once you go down that path, wow, uh, much, much respect to the people who do this stuff for cities on a daily basis. It is insane. So what I did was I just basically went back to the drawing board and I built a solution that I always like to say was built for them by them because everything I put in is coming straight from the communication channels I have not only with my existing customers, but potential customers. I get a lot of feedback from cities and counties that don't even use my software because it's all about learning because no two cities do anything the same exact way, which makes companies yes. like mine's job <laughs> a lot harder because we try and make something off the shelf, right? Cities want off the shelf now. They don't want that customized one-off version of something that some company ends up having 200 versions of something, right? They just want off the shelf. Right. I want my Salesforce. But they also, like you said, every city is unique, which is great. All these beautiful, unique qualities. And we don't want to stop you from having your own way of doing things. We don't want to waste anybody's time. We want to save you time. We don't Mm -hmm. want you wasting your money on things that aren't totally serving you. So Yeah, or waste your money on ones that aren't. It goes both right? ways. And so I'm excited for the lineup of people that we're going to mm-hmm. be bringing on that are like, look, we we looked at the landscape. We decided none of this was good enough. I just think it's such an exciting time for technology mm-hmm. um, in the way it interacts with our lives civically. And I'm just really excited for what we're going to learn a lot of these companies I'm reaching out to because I'm like, I want to learn what it is you're doing, right? Because maybe there's something that my company and your company can help each other with and can create integrations with, uh, you know, you're always learning. There are things in companies that I've talked to that I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, <laughs> no idea. So that's, that was our first episode of yeah. the GovTech podcast. And again, you will probably, as you listen to these episodes, you will probably realize that we we like to talk and, and, you know, just want you to feel like you're part of our conversation and listening in on just two people talking about what it's like 
in this space. So if you want to learn more about the podcast or you want to listen to episodes, it'll be on Spotify and Apple, uh, Apple Music. Um, the website is govtechpodcast.fm. So go to that website, check it out. And make sure to hit subscribe. Michelle, thank you very much. And we'll, we'll talk to you next episode. Thanks, AJ.